Ever wonder what separates cloud innovators? Find out. Download the Deloitte U.S. Future of Cloud Survey Report, closing the cloud strategy, technology, and innovation gap at Deloitte.com slash U.S. slash cloud survey. Deloitte. This. Well, good morning, little brother. It's Early Break with Zip and Jay, brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Weekday mornings from 6 to 8 on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. It is the middle of the off-season for everything. Husker baseball season is over. We are now just all off-season for Nebraska sports. We're joined now by Husker Online's Robin Washick. Good morning, Robin. Hey, I mean, there was some big news last week for Nebraska. I think the day after our show here we had you on. Uh, Nebraska gets to commit from SMU transfer Emmanuel Bandamel. What is the scouting report on him, Robin? Yeah, that actually broke uh, the night of our last oh, the night uh, after of. our last appearance. So Tuesday night. Um, so he's the guy that emerged on uh, Nebraska's radar. You know, probably shortly after the uh, um, Baylor Shireman development fell through, and so um, you know they, that's kind of moved fairly quickly. Um, he's a guy that uh, is a senior with a lot of experience. Um, at SMU, I think he has 68 career starts, played in 80 games over three seasons, um, was a full-time starter on an SMU team that won 26 games last season and made a fairly deep run in the NIT last year. So um, he's got a lot of experience. He's won a lot of games. Um, he's a type of player that hangs his hat on defense. He does bring some offense to the table. Um, he averaged about 11 points per game and shot 36% from three and the majority of his shot selections come from behind the arc. So he's a perimeter player offensively um, that hangs his hat on defense. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those 100-mile-an-hour guys that um, plays with um, great effort and intensity. Um, he's a vocal leader. Um, and so kind of brings a lot of those intangibles that, um, you know, you look at kind of what they're losing with Trey McGowan's, like – Yes. Checks a lot of boxes there. So, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense in that regard. They still don't have that go-to scorer, you know, the guy that is that, you know, clear number one option. But they have a lot of pieces that, um, that you know, maybe collectively they can work around that. You know, one of the things you look at Bandamel is he didn't score. You know, again, he's a double-figure scorer, but one of the things you look at is, like, you go through his highlight videos, he hits a whole bunch of buzzer beaters, like game-winning clutch shots. Nice. So, you know, maybe, nice. maybe he's the type of player that can be that guy in that situation where the, the shot clock's running down, the game clock's running down. He's the type of guy that, that has experience stepping up and, and making plays. So um, it remains to be seen kind of who emerges as kind of that go-to core um, as far as scoring is concerned. But when you look at a defense, um, you know, rebounding, um, leadership, experience. Nebraska's made a lot of significant upgrades, I think, uh, with the additions they've made um, in the spring with, with the transfer portal. Assuming Trey McGowan's does not return, Nebraska will feature still will feature seven guards. Now, now I'm assuming Trey McGowan's isn't returning, but that has not been announced officially to my knowledge. Yeah, so right now they're two over their 13 scholarship limit because Trey and Lat 
are technically not officially announced yet, but I mean, <laughs> it's it's a foregone conclusion at this point. Like, so right now, for Trey to come back, they need somebody to leave, and I don't know if that's going to happen. He has until June one to um, make his decision. That's the NCAA early uh, entry um, draft withdrawal deadline. So we'll know here pretty soon. Um, you know, within the next week or week and a half or so. So um, I would again, I've for a while now uh, operated on the assumption that he is not coming back and. This addition to Bandamel pretty much puts the puts the nail on that one. Okay, you have Bandamel talking about his defensive prowess. Jawan Gary is a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, you've hired, you know, Fred Hoiberg has hired Adam Howard, who's he, he hired him for his defensive acumen. Is Fred changing his culture? Is he changing his modus operandi a little bit here? Well, I mean, don't even uh, forgot like Blaze Cada, who's yeah. you know a, a almost seven foot rim protector. So I think they have to a little bit um, to where they put so much emphasis on offense and quickly realize that when you don't have um, elite scores or are able to function at the level necessary offensively, you're at a extreme disadvantage in the big 10 conference. The big 10 is a different league than the big 12. It's a different league than uh, the PAC 12 or any of those types of other conferences where, they, they play almost a different style of, of college basketball a little bit. Um, I think this is a lesson learned that um, you have to be able to be formidable defensively. You have to be able to rebound. You have to be able to win ugly games when shots aren't falling. And so I think they, they have changed their approach a little bit. And that's especially true with what's happened since the end of last season. You know, the, the addition of Adam Howard is, is certainly a, a big part of that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see schematically um, what that ends up looking like, um, especially defensively, but certainly that's that's one of the things Fred said, that um, Adam's background defensively and some of the, the things that um, you know, he's he's grown up in the coaching ranks doing uh, were, were really appealing to Fred. And so then they went out and got, uh, you know, a, a big 6'6 six, six point guard in Sam Griesel and a, you know, rim-protecting forward in Juwan Gary. And then um, and a relentless on-ball defender in Emmanuel Bandamel. So, you know, that seems to kind of signify a shift in priorities of what they're looking for, um, I guess, on the recruiting front transfer portal to where it's not all about just who's the who's the biggest scorer on the market. Now, they, they still did pursue scores. They just didn't get them. But, you know, their, their plan Bs in a lot of um, ways were, were getting guys that – are effective, maybe even more so effective on the other end of the floor and not just offensively. So maybe that is a philosophical shift for them. Um, certainly this is a much different looking roster than any Fred's had mm-hmm. uh, since he's been here. Mm-hmm. And um, if nothing else, there should be a lot of intrigue in, as to you know what, what this product looks like um, given the changes made compared to what we've seen the past three seasons. Yes, I totally agree. Robin, I feel like people forget, because he got hurt last year, but I feel, people forget about Wilhelm Breidenbach and his whole conversation yep. for Nebraska. I mean, if, number one, is he back to full health yet? Number two, uh, do you see him as being a guy that can make a, a big leap here this season? We didn't see much of him last year. Yeah, he uh, is fully healthy um, coming off that, that knee injury, so he will be ready to roll when the team gets back to work. Um, I think June 5th, I believe, 5th or 6th, whatever the first day of the 
five-week summer session, that's when um, I think everybody but KSA Tobinaga will be on campus. So he'll be ready to hit the hit the ground running with that. And yeah, he was a substantial um, loss for them last year. You know, people were hammering on Lat last year. Well, odds are Lat's not playing nearly as much and probably certainly not starting if Wilhelm Breidenbach doesn't get hurt. I know Wilhelm struggled a little bit early with that transition as a freshman, but they were very, very high on him. He was the guy that was handpicked by Fred to be that stretch for, um, you know, that, that rim running perimeter forward that is a critical piece to, to doing what they want to do offensively. And um, when he went down, that really, for one, that one less body they had in the paint, which they were already thin um, with their front court. But, you know, offensively, he was arguably as skilled of a big man as they had. And so now they get him back. You add Kata, you bring back Derek Walker, you add Juwan Gary. Like suddenly you, you got to, you got something to work with now in, in your front court. And um, his return, I think, is going to be a big, a big part offensively. You know, like I said, if, if you can get someone that can give you point production um, on the interior the way that they think he's capable of doing, maybe that goes a long way in, in taking some of the pressure on not just having to get everything out of your guards um, offensively. I frankly got tired of the criticism of Lat Mayan. I, he, yeah. I get I mean, it. He was what he was. He, he did not – like they thought he could be like a – you know, like a 13-point-a-game guy, and he was a six-point-a-game guy. Yeah, and here's so, the like, deal, the, the, And a lot of that, again, is because the guy they brought in to, you know, maybe uh, take some of the, the, the minutes off his plate got hurt. So he was thrust into that role. They didn't have any other options. And while he did struggle offensively, Blatt did do a lot of good things defensively. Thank you. Um, Thank you. He, he, Thank he you. was an undersized four that was going up against much bigger, stronger players, and more often than not, he held his own. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. But, I mean, people acted like he was the, the worst thing to ever step onto a basketball court. And, you know, <laughs> well, I, I, I agree. Not, I think, I think a lot of crazy. that was unfair. Robin, it drove me crazy all of the heat he would take because there was one thing you never worried about with Lot Mayan, and that's effort. I mean, he, he was always there. And you can't say that about everybody. But but oh, he yeah. was always there. And so I I, I – I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. So he'll he'll uh, like. I mean, obviously he hasn't announced yet, but he'll. He's. I expect him to take a professional contract back in Australia. Uh, so he's he's got a a nice basketball future ahead of him. All right. Thank you, Robin. Always good stuff. Thanks for the time. We will chat with you again next week. Yep. Sounds good, guys. See you later. Husker Online's Robin Washit. Yes. All right. Let's play the game show. Let's do it. Four six four five six eight five. A chance to win a business box of bagels to Bagels and Joe. I think you lost yesterday. I did. I took an L yesterday. Yeah, you lost. Yeah, in overtime. Overtime loss. Uh, okay. Yes. Overtime so loss. You're, I think you put a bad guess on on, on Iguodala's. Yeah. Um, what he averaged right. when he was a playoff MVP. He, the finals MVP. Finals 7. MVP. 7.8 points per F- game. Sorry, finals MVP. All right, what do you got for today, us today? we're doing NBA again. How about that two straight days of NBA? How about NBA leading scorers by team this season? I will give you the team and the points per game for this person. You tell me who the person was. Thank the you. Player. Thank Does that you. That makes sense? Yes. Shouldn't be too hard. Unless I blank out. What's That's, just happened before? Yes. Four six four five six eight five. Shut up, simple. Starts right now. We've all been there. You're listening to the radio, and then that rage starts to grow inside of you. It starts to consume you. 
it gets to a point where you just want to yell, SHUT UP, SIPPLE! <clears throat> no, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, here's your chance. It's time to shut up, Sipple. Call now to play. 464-5685. Shut up, Sipple. Brought to you by Bagels and Joe. We have a line open for you. 402-464-5685. NBA leading scorers by team this season. I'll give you the team and the points per game. What player had the most points on these teams this season? Not hard. Best players in the league. 464-5685. How do you feel about this topic today? Like I said, I feel pretty good. I just worry about my, you know... Sometimes names don't – I don't know. In my old age, I feel like names don't come to me as quickly as they used to. Do you understand that? Uh, yeah, I do. Sometimes, addled Sometimes, sometimes I word. feel that same way at 31 years old. Do you? Yeah. Not as you often. shouldn't be addled like a 55-year-old. Uh, it's okay. I've had a rough uh, life. Don't be scared, guys. I got a line open, 464-5685. I know it's two straight days of NBA. That's risky by me to do yeah. two straight days what is my, of my, NBA. Hey, I, I wonder what my record is. Oh, well, guess we'll get that while we wait for a call. Guys, come on. 464-5685. Oh, here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Nine and seven. Nine and seven. Okay, yeah. Let's get to ten. That's why you said you're a, Dol- Pick, you're yeah. a Dolphins record yeah, right I want to be a. I want to get that ten. Very standard All Dolphins right, here they record. come. It's going to light up like a there. Christmas tree now. We just got to get Gus over there. Gus is heading to Omaha. Yeah, for the Big Ten now tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now they're here. Just people just need a little prodding on well, Tuesday. Well, it's May. Morning. Yeah, it is. It's May twenty fourth, and this is the contact day for you too. Yeah. So, are, is your are you locked in mentally for that? I got a lot going on today. Okay, Kyle. Uh, thanks for calling. How do you feel about NBA leading scores by team? Uh, pretty good. All right, Kyle. Thanks for thanks for working your way in. We appreciate it. All right, Kyle. First question goes to you, Kyle. Who led the Timberwolves in scoring this season with 24.6 points per game? Um, that'd be Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh, correct. Ooh, I might have guessed Anthony the second-year player. Yeah, he was. I think two points behind. Oh, that was close. like a trick question. That boy, uh, Kyle, was very confident. Definitive. He, was, he was correct. Yeah. One-zero lead for Kyle. Zip. Your first question to tie it up. Who led the Toronto Raptors in scoring with 22.8 points per game this season? Seacom. Pascal Siakam. I get you yeah. going for it. It's hard to say <laughs> that name. <laughs> yes, Seacom. I think that people understand. Seacom, is that okay, Gus? Yeah, Pascal Siakam. Gus, no, was I okay? Would you have given me that? Seacom. I know who you're going yeah. for. Yeah. Okay, Kyle, um, for the lead, your last question. Who led the New York Knicks in scoring with 20.1 points per game this season? Oh, um, Julius Randle. Julius Randle is correct. Kyle is an NBA Kyle, Kyle is doing very well. I wouldn't have gotten that. Julius Randle, I know Julius Randle, but his name would not have come to Now, me. to be fair, R- R.J. Barrett was, like, right behind yeah, him. That was, I, that was probably another unfair question, I, but Kyle got it right. Didn't Randle have kind of a rough year with the fans and all yeah. that? Well, they were good last year, then this year they they had high expectations and failed because there's actually fans in the stands. Well, and Randle got sideways with the fans yep. at one point. Yeah, that at happens. Least. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Okay, Sip, to force the tiebreaker, your last question down 2-1. to one. 
Who led the Cleveland Cavaliers in scoring with 21.7 points per game this season? The, the, the young guard. I need a name, not a description. Descriptions will not do the job today. The young guard. I think he's a rookie. He's, he's one of Alex's favorite players. No, well, then you should know the name. I think I can just get his last name, right? That's fine. It's a color. Garland. Darius Garland. There you go. Good job. All right, this goes to Kyle because it was to you yesterday, right? You guessed the terrible number on Andre Iguodala. Kyle, That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. Kyle, this is your number. A sip will go over under your answer. Here we go, Kyle. John Morant made 88 three-pointers this season. How many did Joel Embiid make for the 76ers? Oh, okay. Um, I don't think he shot a lot of threes. This could be totally terrible. Let's go. Let's go. Twenty-two. Zip over. Made or shot? Made. Kyle threw a good number out there. I'm an Embiid fan. Gus, I, Gus is shaking don't, his don't head. Don't look at Gus. Yeah, I'm going over. Embiid made more than 22 threes, 10 and 7. Hello. The, the reason why I brought this up is because I was shocked by this. Joel Embiid made 93 threes this year. Whoa, that is shocking. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's yeah, surprising. That's a terrible big guess. He's a big No, you're okay, Kyle. That's I didn't a know that one. either. Yeah, I was shocked by it. So. Embiid can shoot. So, congrats to you, Sip. Kyle, thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. And uh, calling down the road. Good work, Sipple. Always you. good when you get a win. Thank you, Kyle. That's nice of you to say. I appreciate All that. Right. Uh, so, Embiid's first season was 2016-17. He shot 98 threes total. This year, he shot 251 threes and made 93 of them. Do, do you know how big Embiid is? Yeah, he's seven foot. Yeah, right? and he's a big seven foot. Like, Doc recruited him, you know, Doc Sadler. Yes. And he said... You can't imagine how big he is until you're next to him. He's a he's he a should, he and 90, he can make ninety three threes. Thirty seven percent shooter. He was ninety three of two fifty one this year. He's an example of why those guys make a zillion dollars because he's how what's the percentile of seven footers that can shoot like that? None. He, he he's made, in a weird percentile. He made more threes than John Moran. Yeah, he's, he's in a weird percentile in this world, right? Yeah, the spillover with Jay Foreman and DP is next on Early Break on the Ticket. Ever wonder what separates cloud innovators? Find out. Download the Deloitte U.S. Future of Cloud Survey Report. Closing the cloud strategy, technology, and innovation gap at Deloitte.com slash U.S. slash cloud survey. Deloitte.